Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is so important. It's trends in non-QM, why it isn't subprime 2.0. I have the perfect guest for this, Tom Hutchins. He's EVP of production at Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions. Prior to that, he was with Southstar, Bayrock. He's also been a real estate agent and had an appraisal company. He's done everything in mortgage banking. Hi, Tom. Hey, Pat. How are you today? I'm great. And so this is a wonderful topic. But before we jump into that, let's talk about how you got into mortgage banking and how you got into managing. Well, sure. I got, I've been in the business, uh, gosh, unfortunately, over 20 years. And actually, it's not very interesting other than a friend told me about this crazy business called the mortgage business. And I got into it and I've really been in it or very close to and around it since. So the management piece is just something I've, I've always been kind of in the sales and sales management side of, of any business. And so that, that's what attracted me to, to the mortgage business. So talk about your current challenges as head of production and what's going on from your viewpoint. So Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions, we've, we've been at this, this non-QM effort for about eight years now and really exclusively non-QM. You know, our, our challenges are similar to most, you know, it's finding good people. But, at, you know, as we've grown and our business has, has matured, it's, it's really not, not only finding good people, but maintaining the culture that we built. You know, when we early on, when we just had a handful of people, it was really easy to kind of control the similar culture and expectations were very known. But, but as you grow and as the business has continued to scale up, that's probably what I would say is the biggest challenge is maintaining that culture at, as we grow. Well, that is certainly true, I think, uh, what you're saying for sure. So talk about, you know, what have been the top lessons? You've been in our business a long time. What would be some of the, Tom, like two or three lessons that, that you think were really aha moments for you? Probably the biggest lesson, the biggest couple lessons for me is that uh, really no matter where you are, especially in this, this business, I, I, the thing that I'm drawn to the most is that if you have a servant mentality and you want to serve people and 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 just always kind of do the right thing, think things will go well for you, no matter what your role is in the business. Um, and that's kind of even ties back to that culture piece that I talked about. That's a culture that we've tried to continue to build into our day in day out business. But I think if you have a servant mentality, uh, you'll be successful. And then and then also. A lesson I learned even longer, before, you know, before I got into the mortgage business, was, was listen. Just listen more than you talk, and people will share with you what uh, what's going to help you in your day and and in in your business. So if you kind of take that that mentality of wanting to help others and serve others, and and you're always aware of of other people and listening to them, I think uh, good things can happen for you. That's certainly true for sure. And it always starts with the people side of it. I certainly know that from my own consulting business, that that's always the biggest challenge. And so, Tom, when you're looking at our world of mortgage banking, it changes so dramatically, so quickly. Their lenders are in, lenders are out. Talk about how do you keep up with all of it and, and what is kind of your, I guess, own self-education? What's the famous saying? The only constant in the mortgage business is change. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> and and that is certainly true. You know, I, I think surrounding yourself with good people helps you kind of 
embrace change, if, if you really are against change, this might not be the best business for you because, right. because nothing, you know, nothing stays the same day in and day out. But to me, that's what makes the business so much fun. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the business. And I tell new people to the business that, you know, I've been in this for a long time, but I learn something new every day. So isn't that kind of, kind of cool that, you know, we're not really we can't get very set in our ways because those ways are going to change whether you like it or not. <laughs> so you better embrace it. So are, are you a blog reader, a conference goer, or any of those types of mechanism? Is that how you keep up to speed? Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I definitely attend as many conferences as I can. Uh, listen to a lot of podcasts on, on business and the mortgage business. You know, we also have as most mortgage companies do today, you have lots of people in compliance and legal. And we, we talk about that as far as our loans, we have to do loans almost first and foremost that are compliant. If you, if you originate a non-compliant loan, you're, you're in deep trouble. So that, that's kind of the, the start of the business on, on a regular basis. That's a, a perfect segue into let's talk about the trends in non-QM and why it's not the subprime market 2.0. I know in my own career, I was involved uh, certainly as a leader in Alt-A is what they used to call it then before it became mm -hmm. subprime. And so what's different now than what was the case before? You know, there's there's a, a number of things. You know, I, I would say one of them is what we've just talked about: compliance. Pre-financial crisis, there really was not a lot of compliance. But but today, we kind of even in the non-QM space or any part of the business, you have to start there. So probably for those that have not participated in this side of the market, is every single borrower has to have a documented ability to repay. So. Those, those products and programs that are, were around in the early 2000s of stated income and no income and uh, the ninjas and SIVAs and you know, all, all those specialty kind of loans that, that really required minimal to, to no documentation, that, that's really not, not allowed. That's against the law. So uh, non-QM first and foremost is, uh, requires that documented ability to repay. And that, you know, you kind of start there and then there's a lot of other changes as the, the industry has evolved and technology has evolved that have really made these loans uh, great performing loans. So, Tom, talk about, I know you've done a, a few securitizations and there seems to be obviously great interest in your products. Talk about what you've learned and what that looks like now. And so people that aren't familiar with non-QM actually understand what you go through. Sure. That's probably, for those that were in the business pre-crisis and remember the days of subprime, one major change is, and Angel Oak has kind of been the, the leader in this, is that pre-crisis, most, almost all subprime lenders originated the loan and then sold it off to a Wall Street firm. And, and then there, there really was no connection, if you will. Once that, once that loan was sold, it was gone. But, but now at Angel Oak, we originate the loan, but then we also securitize the, that same loan. So, and we have skin in the game throughout the whole process. And you know, we've done almost 30 securitizations now. We just crossed the $10 billion mark of actual loans securitized. So we've been doing this for many, many years, but that is the, the biggest difference is that we have skin in the game and the borrowers have skin in the game because 
We don't do 100% financing. When people come to a closing and non-QM today, we're doing them at loan to values less than 80%. We, we can go higher than that, but, but generally the average is less than 80% and a lot of purchase transactions. So borrowers are bringing capital to, to the closing table, their hard earned cash, in fact. And you know that's their skin in the game. We have skin in the game because we own this loan forever. This isn't just a originate it and then, then you know, pass it on to another company. So talk about the profile. Yeah, sure. The, so the products are probably you know, three primary categories. The first and by far the biggest is the self-employed borrower bank statement loan. And that, that is just business owners or 1099 employees, just non-W-2 employees that you know, they take advantage of, of our tax code. You know, one, of, one of the advantages of being self-employed, as you know, mm-hmm. is that you, uh, you get to take advantage of the tax code and minimize your tax exposure. But we believe that the tax code and your ability to repay a mortgage are not, not the same. You know, those are, those are two different animals. And so we have this bank statement loan, which is really two thirds of the industry. It's two thirds of the non-QM origination. So if you want to be, get into non-QM, that's really where you should start. And the profile of those borrowers, they are a paper borrowers. They generally have very solid assets, very good income, but their tax returns, they also have a very good accountant. So their tax returns don't don't reflect what their actual earnings and their ability to repay a mortgage is. Well, that's a great point. And that raises the question, is your typical sequence that the customer starts out with conventional and then for whatever reason gets turned down or ignored and then they move into to non-QM or is the customer just recognizing that I'm not going to qualify from a conventional standpoint, so I'm now going to go to someone like an Angel Oak? Well, Pat, you've, you've kind of identified a, a big difference between subprime 1.0 pre-crisis and non-QM is that subprime before was really kind of what you just laid out. It's a fallout. You know, you couldn't sure. qualify so you because you had credit problems and low FICOs and all that. Well, that's not the case today. Our, our average FICO on these bank statement loans is, is over 720. So a lot of times it's it's either they found out that they can't qualify or they just already know. And I think there's more of these borrowers because they're astute borrowers. Are you know they're jumbo borrowers. We do you know very large loans all over the country to these borrowers. Most of them know that hey my, my tax return doesn't show the kind of income I need. And so originators that actually kind of embrace that or understand that they go out and market to these borrowers. They learn a little bit about non-QM, maybe specifically about the bank statement loan, and then they become an expert and position themselves as a self-employed lending expert. And they go find these borrowers and, and they educate real estate agents. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of fun for originators because they're getting to, to bring something new to the market versus, hey, I do Fannie Mae and FHA loans and I'm really good. I, you know, that's great, but doesn't everybody do Fannie Mae and FHA? So this is a kind of a differentiator. And that's what we find with our originating partners is that they've, they've, they've made themselves a little 
uh, niche in the market. And, and I think that's a really important thing to do, especially in today's market. I know you do third party and correspondent in non-QM. Talk about that profile. So if it's, is it the lender, the, the let's say with the broker, is the broker just having one loan officer that now is doing a niche or, or what you finding like the broker shop itself will do, will, will specialize in that product. How does that typically work from your viewpoint? It's across the board, Pat. We we work with the the you know the mom and pop one or two person broker shops. Mm-hmm. But we also work with the biggest national lenders in the country that that we've all heard of, and they they just you know they don't want to lend lend the be a lender or even have a correspondent relationship necessarily in the non QM space. So they'll broker these loans out to Angel Oak. So mm-hmm. it's kind of every and everything in between the the mid size the. The smaller lenders, the bigger lenders, every, everyone is participating in non-QM. It's it's really a question of you know what's what's the best model for for your company to to originate these loans. And so, from your viewpoint, when you look at this customer again, so you talked about the self-employed. What is the other types of customers that make up your portfolio? You know, the next biggest category is uh, we call it a, our investor cash flow, but it's for investors. And it's a it's a debt service coverage ratio product. So, you know, it's it's that professional investor who has a lot of properties and gathering tax returns and and going through all that and qualifying for a loan in a tax return basis is really challenging. So what we do is we look at the borrower's credit, we look at their assets, and then we look at the property. How how does the the, the property itself cash flow and as a, as an example if they have a single family resident residence and the appraiser says that property will generate on average two thousand dollars a month in rent as long as our piti is two thousand dollars or less then then they're they're good they qualify for the loan given their you know certain FICOs and loan to values and things like that that varies but that the investor loan has become a really huge product, you know, and especially with what happened in 2021 when when the FA came out and put limits on how much non-owner occupied percentage of, of business they could deliver into the agency. So that's a really big product. And between the bank statement and the ICF DSCR loan, that's well over 90% of the volume that's out there. Right. So talk about the trends that you see. If you had to have the crystal ball and look at the rest of this year and next year, what do you see, in other words, that you think is going to be important from a non-QM standpoint? Trends, I'd say two things. One is that obviously agency refi is trending way down and might even be further down than than was uh, predicted for 2022. That's one trend. So because of that trend, originators who want, you know, have gotten used to having really good years, you kind of, they need to replace that volume with something. And, and non-QM is kind of that, that product that can help them do that. And, and because of that, the second trend is that non-QM is really in a high growth mode. You know, forecasters think that 2021 volume will end up being in the 25 to 30 billion dollar range for for non-QM but the the forecast of the total market of non-QM is in the 200 to 300 billion dollar range per year this space still has 10 times growth ahead of it and there's just not places you can find 10 times growth in the mortgage business and and non-QM is is one of them 
So, Tom, talk about, from the investor standpoint, the Wall Street perspective, how do they view the non-QM since you've done so many securizations? What is the, is there always, in other words, uh, high interest when you come to market or is it something like, well, okay, we have to kind of target when we're going to do it or, or talk about all of that? Of the 20, 29, 30 securitizations we've done thus far, you know, most of them have repeat investors. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's 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 an education process. Investors need to understand even kind of some of the things that we've talked about today. What is the difference between 2005 and 2022? You know, what, and once they understand the differences via guidelines, via compliance, via technology, the things that have made the business uh, safer, if you will, and then they see the Angel Oak model where back to our skin in the game that we're originating through mortgage solutions, but then these loans are getting securitized with Angel Oak and Angel Oak maintains portions of those securities. So, you know, we have incentive to always originate good performing loans. And, and we now, Pat, we have an eight year track record of Mm -hmm. doing just that. Yeah, Tom, that raises in, I'm going to relive my Wall Street days. Mm -hmm. What type of investors are typically purchasing your securities when they come out? It's all over the board. First of all, they're being bought worldwide, but, you know, all all kinds of of large asset managers across across the globe. not not the area that I, I spend um, my time in on a sure. regular basis, Pat, but but it's a very diversified book of investors. We tend to think that in, um, you know, a high yielding investment, this is a perfect solution. It's real estate secure. So I definitely think it would be popular among investors all across the globe. So it sounds like that's what it is, which is good to that, know. That and I would, you know, say that there, there's more appetite than there is production right. at this point. That's why we're trying to keep growing this business is because the the investors around the globe want more of it. Yeah, no, I would think there would be high demand for sure. We only have a couple minutes left now, Tom. So some of the takeaways that you think the our listeners should take today, what would they be? Well, a, a couple of things. One is probably, you know, non-QM is really an area of business that a lot of originators, you've probably heard about it for years, mm-hmm. but maybe have not originated it because you've been so busy in the last couple of years with, with refinances. But if you haven't learned a little bit about non-QM, you've got to now. You know, this it has to be a part of your offering as the market transitions away from refinances into purchases. Non-QM is a is a purchase market. It, it opens up qualification to so many more borrowers. There's you know, almost 20 million self-employed individuals in the United States, and and you know they they all need a loan. They, everybody wants wants a house and wants to you know move. And there's been a lot of transition in, uh, geographically in the last co- couple of years. So as an originator, you really need to understand non-QM. Go go to our website angeloakms.com, and you can find your account executive. We, we have account executives all over the country that will educate you. In fact, one of the things that one of the most popular things, Pat, is that we conduct webinars and seminars with real estate agents for originators. So even the originator doesn't have to be this non-QM expert, but we'll, we'll show up and we'll be part of the presentation to, to help talk about non-QM because 
it is it's here to stay and it's going to be growing rapidly over the next few years. I want to thank you, Tom, for sharing all this great information about this marketplace that is certainly an interesting marketplace for sure. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Thanks so much, Tom. Absolutely, Pat. Enjoyed it. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.